In the name of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, who was slain from the foundation of the world in order to redeem us sinners, grace, mercy, and peace be with you all in his name. The word of God for our meditation tonight is from the book of Acts, chapter 3, reading verses 19 and 20. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all his prophets, that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So far, God's word. friends in Christ. Some of you are probably familiar with the 80s movies, planes, trains, and automobiles. You remember how Neil, who was very rigid and not very funny and didn't like things that were silly, just wanted to get home to Chicago for Christmas. But because of the weather circumstances and other things going on, that didn't happen. He was stuck in Kansas City. The only way he could get home was a rental car. But the last rental car had already been rented by a shower ring salesman named Dell, who was pretty much a buffoon, thought he was funny and thought he knew everything, but Neil didn't think he was funny, and Neil knew he didn't know anything. And so the comedy ensues. The two of them try to get to Chicago in this rental car. But on the way, Neil doesn't trust Dell and refuses to let Dell drive until at last Neil is almost falling asleep at the wheel overnight. So he allows Dell to drive while he sleeps in the passenger seat. Well, Dell, the buffoon that he is, drives onto the interstate by using the off ramp. In other words, he's going the wrong way on the interstate, right into traffic. But it's late at night, there's not a lot of cars. As Dell is driving, he sees a car on the other side of the interstate, also going the same way, waving at them, yelling at them, you're going the wrong way. Well, Dell thinks they're the crazy ones, thinks they're drinking, and he ignores that warning, you're going the wrong way. And it's not until they see headlights of two semis coming right at them that they realize we really were going the wrong way. Tonight we enter the season of Lent, and as we do, we're going to be considering various road signs to Calvary. And we'll consider how various road signs can serve as reminders about Jesus' suffering and death and our role in his death on the cross. And tonight we're going to consider the sign of a U-turn. Something Dell, when he was driving, should have been paying attention to. When he heard he was going the wrong way, he should have made a U-turn, turned around 180 degrees so that he was going the right way with the flow of traffic. The symbol of a U-turn should remind us of repentance. Repentance is a 180-degree turn 
someone headed in the wrong direction who makes a turnaround, a U-turn, so that he's headed in the right direction. Tonight in our text, we hear Peter saying that very thing to a crowd of Jews in the temple in Jerusalem. He tells them, you're going the wrong way. As descendants of Abraham, they thought they were born headed in the right direction. Basically, that they were born with one foot in heaven already. However, in Acts 3, Peter makes known to them that God, the God of Abraham, had sent his promised seed of Abraham, that's Jesus, to them. He had been among them. He had done miracles among them. And what did they do with Jesus? They had crucified him. Paraphrasing from earlier in Acts 3, Peter told the crowd, You delivered over Jesus, the servant of our God, and denied him in the presence of Pilate when Pilate was ready to release him. You denied the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer, that's Barabbas, to be released to you. You killed the author of life. They were going in the wrong way. And so Peter warns them in our text, he says, Repent and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That's repentance. That's a 180-degree turn. It's a turn from sinful ways and a turning to Jesus in faith for the forgiveness of sins. But this U-turn is something God has to do in you. You see, we're all naturally like Dell was behind the wheel. We think we know more than we really do. We naturally want to think that whatever way we choose is the right way because we know so much. And the other guy must be wrong that's warning me. In our sinful pride, we like to think that we can be our own God. We can decide what's right and wrong for me. And so God has to make the change. God has to come with the roaring thunder of his law, the crashes of lightning as he warns us, the soul who sins shall die. He thunders from heaven, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. He rumbles in the book of James, Whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. God must come and make this change. He must convince us that our own sins have separated us from him. That we were not headed for heaven, but that we, because of our sins, are headed for hell. It's God who has to start the U-turn. And that's only the first part of repentance. The law tells us we're going the wrong way. But it's God who has to complete the U-turn. And he does that when he uses his Holy Spirit. Through the gospel, he turns us all the way around from that sinful ways, from our own ways. He turns us around and points us to Jesus. 
It is Jesus whom Peter says, blots out your sin and refreshes you. This is the very thing Jesus taught throughout his ministry. Mark chapter 1, verse 15, repent and believe in the gospel, Jesus said. The Bible's full of U-turns like that. Think of Adam and Eve. Immediately after their sin, God came to them and said, What have you done? You've gone away from me and gone your own way. You've listened to the voice of someone other than me, your loving creator. Adam, you are going the wrong way. But God doesn't end there, does he? After warning them about their sin, God then follows that up by promising that he was going to send someone. He was going to send someone from the seed of the woman that would crush the tempter and who would overcome death. After King David's sin of adultery with Bathsheba, after he murdered her husband Uriah, after he hid his sins for almost a year, the prophet Nathan comes to his king with a warning sign from God's law. Pointing the finger at David, the prophet Nathan says, You are the man. You are guilty. In other words, David, you're going the wrong way. And when David confessed his guilt by simply saying, I have sinned against the Lord, the U-turn was completed. As Nathan announced, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. That's the U-turn of repentance. As God turns sinners away from their sins and points them to the only Savior from sin, Jesus Christ. As we hear Peter addressing the crowd in the temple in Acts 3, they really did go the wrong way, didn't they? After all, God had been promising his Savior to the Jews for thousands, For 1,500, 2,000 years. And what did they do when God finally sent him? They killed him. They denied Jesus before Pontius Pilate. Pilate said of Jesus, behold your king. Then they said, we have no king but Caesar. Pilate said, well, what should I do with Jesus? And what did the crowd say? Crucify him. And thus they killed the author of life. So here's some people that really need to repent, right? Just like Peter said. They needed to repent because they were going away from God and the only Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. But Lent is not just about them and what they did. If that's our only focus in Lent, well, then we're missing the whole picture. It was your sins that crucified Jesus. Paul says that Jesus was delivered up because of your offenses. Isaiah says that Jesus was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. Jesus took your sins of lust on himself. Your lies, your anger, your hate, 
were all placed on Jesus. The Holy and the Righteous One was crucified because of your sin. Therefore, the call to repent is not just for those people in the temple, but it's for you and it's for me. And it is a call that continually resounds throughout the whole life of a Christian. God's law is continually pointing the finger at us and saying, you've lied, you've cheated, you've lusted, you've hated, you've loved something more than you've loved me. God points at us and yells, you're going the wrong way. Repent. Turn from your wicked ways. And then through the gospel, the Holy Spirit comes and he completes the U-turn. He points you to Jesus, the very one that you crucified by your sins. And Peter says that his crucifixion was all part of God's plan. It was the very thing that God foretold throughout the Old Testament by his prophets. This is how God was going to save you from your sins. Jesus would take those sins on himself to free you from them. By suffering and dying on the cross, God completed his plan to turn you around. He turned you from your path of sin and turned you to Jesus who blots out your sinful record with his own blood. He turns you around and he refreshes you with his amazing grace. He tells you, your sins, they are fully and freely forgiven. Because of Jesus, God says, I remember them no more. In fact, he says, rather than counting your sins against you, through faith in his Son, he gives you his Son's perfection. The perfection of the Holy and the Righteous One. So as we think about road signs on the way to Calvary, a U-turn is the perfect place to begin. Because through it, God shows us our sin. He warns us that we're headed the wrong way, and he calls us to turn around and to look to his son, Jesus Christ. And though we didn't have the power to turn ourselves around, praise God that he has completed that U-turn and he's directed our attention to his son, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Praise be to God who blots out our sin and refreshes us with his love. As the hymn writer says, Do we pass that cross unheeding, breathing no repentant vow? Though we see you wounded, bleeding, see your thorn-encircled brow, yet your sinless death has brought us life eternal, peace and rest. Only what your grace has taught us calms the sinner's deep distress. Amen.